Hi, um, hello everyone, listeners and the viewers of the world, and welcome to Talk About Life. And today we've got Sar. You've heard him before in a couple of episodes, and today we would like to continue our tech talks of 2021. And you know, the world is just spinning around. The world is just accelerating even in our sleep. You know, disruptions are occurring every day. Who knows that, you know, um, Uber was, will take over the world. And we've got in Singapore, Grab, and I think in India, we've got other other companies. Um, you know, this uh, shared economy model that we all are looking at is something so new uh, in the world now. And if we are not informed of what's going on, we are the legates, we are the grandfathers and the grandmothers of technology already. So we need the young people like Sar to tell us uh, what's the latest that's happening. And I need him to educate us a little bit uh, on some of these terminologies that we always see. What's AI? Uh, what's machine learning um, and uh, also tell us what's 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 um, why is cyber security important we talked about security we talked about personal data and in Singapore there's a new law that rolled out last year which was uh, has passed in Parliament personal data uh, uh, protection okay that's an act that passed out that companies uh, or internet software companies who gets your data must keep it private. They're not supposed to release it, sell it or give it to another party. Otherwise, they'll be charged in court. So this is all about the data protection. And of course, um, security goes on to permit uh, and is so pervasive in every part of the world. We've talked about it in other series. And also um, something that Asar and I are very interested in about is data. What is data science? And we will also talk about data science in this series uh, with uh, SAR. Um, and for myself, I am into this era of digital transformation. It's something that I'm so intrigued about. How is digital going to transform uh, every part of our lives? And if listeners have heard of uh, what we talked about uh, in the past series about the fourth industrialization, um, Sarah and I have talked about uh, what, is the, what is the digital world and how it's going to look like and, and what is happening um, in the world with the fourth industrialization. You know, these are some of the things we'll talk about in a new series with Sar as our um, tech expert uh, that will bring all of us into the fourth industrialization that we are now thrown into in this pandemic era. Um, Sarah, how are you? Can you say hi to everyone? Hi Vicky, thanks a lot uh, for calling me again on this podcast. It's lovely talking to you and hi uh, to everyone who's listening. It's great to be back and great to be here for you. Yeah, and you know, uh, Sar, I, I want to know, I want to let you know that uh, these are the topics are so relevant and so important. Um, it's almost like uh, Nokia, you know, when you had the phone about uh, 15 years ago, you know, it was the the phone, I think you were really young, it was the phone, it was the only phone, but you know what? Within six years, it just went fast. Because there's so many competition that came up, then you've got the Sony Ericsson, right? Um, you've got so many names, you've got the Motorola's, but one by one, they all died. Because in the internet, uh, in, in, the, in the digital world, things are moving so fast. And if you can't keep up with it, you're going to be a dinosaur and look at all these companies which crashed and burned they were number one but you know what 
they can't control it. Um, if they don't control it, they don't keep up with it. They will just crash and burn. And what more about we humanity is trying to keep up with the changes uh, in this era? So uh, without further ado, I, I would like to invite Sarah to talk about today's topic, AI, and particularly in a segment of machine learning. I've heard so much about it in Singapore. Um, Sarah, just to give you a context to, to help you roll out. Every day in my email, I'm being bombarded with talks on AI, data, a machine, robotics, biotech, um, uh, cryptocurrency, you know, blockchain. That's already happening here because the whole economy is transforming, you know. And if people don't understand, for example, what is Python, you know, the government is asking people to learn Python. Even in your 50s, people are trying to pick up new coding. You know, it is in the world that we are being thrown in, right? And if we don't understand all these um, uh, new new tech phrases, I don't think we can sleep in peace when we wake up in the morning where our jobs are taken over by robots. <laughs> what do you think, Sar? That's a, that's a very interesting point. Uh, there are two kinds of people in the world who are scared of uh, automation and AI taking over the world and there are another set of people who look at this as a catalyst to human productivity and uh, you know just a tool for us to be, be more efficient and more capable. So it's where you stand in the spectrum. Uh, there are some data scientists and very close friend of mine who completely believe that AI is for the good and it's it's going to help humanity and definitely there are people who are scared of uh, what they don't know and they feel that they might take out, take over their jobs so uh, I am of the opinion that AI is for the good uh, just believe that it's here to stay and yes we are uh, we have to take a leap of faith and upskills ourselves in different technologies mm-hmm. and different languages but I'm, I'm pretty sure that it will just enhance our productivity and efficiency and give back our uh, some of the time that we can spend with our families and you know uh, be involved in more creative pursuits so uh, I think it's for the good yeah I, I like that point and I also see that you know all these technology are tools right I mean it's just like a knife a pen knife a gun I mean it depends on where it lands right but itself is supposed to be a very useful tool right you need the knife to be cutting you need yeah. a knife to be um, in, a, in a kitchen. You can't live without a scissors, a pair of scissors. I mean, there are tools of life. So uh, another thing yeah. about what's happening is that we are given all these new tools. Um, mm-hmm. you're, talking, you're talking about like who's going to be empowered with these tools. And mm-hmm. either you're empowered with it or you're being overpowered. <laughs> yeah, I, I can give you an analogy. You know, when, when the first books came out, there were people who were scared. They thought that the books will corrupt people's mind. Mm. and that was that was the technology at that time which was way advanced for the normal people it's like they were just scared that you know this this is going to change everybody's future and uh, this will be a big change in the society but then books have become so normal that we we feel that it's not a big thing uh, yeah. maybe 100 years from now it will be the same with ai and machine learning everybody would be knowing it everybody would be using it everybody would be building their own systems so they they would be indistinguishable from a very advanced technology. It would be some something like a part of their life. So I think it's uh, it's it's too yet to see what's going to be in the future. Yeah, and um, for today I think uh, it'll be so interesting for us to talk about uh, machine learning. It's something that um, I am very intrigued about, and it's all these seminars that I'm being invited that I don't go because. 
um, I think I'm totally lost and I don't want to look stupid. Um, you know, what's all this? Um, tell us about uh, the big spectrum of uh, AI, uh, particularly machine learning that you're going to focus on. Uh, the big spectrum of it, the broad thing. And then later, if you could um, converge it a little bit to a couple of applications uh, or a couple of uh, uh, more tangible examples you could give us. Take it away, Sar. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, for Vicky, for this question. And uh, I would uh, love to answer this. This is one of my favorite topics to start with. Uh, to, to begin with, I will just continue where we left off in our previous episode. Uh, we talked about AI, machine learning, and some ethics. In this episode, we will understand what it is, uh, understand the different types of machine learning. Mm -hmm. And finally, we'll look at, as you said, some examples or two specific areas uh, in finance where we use it uh, in everyday life. So uh, let's start with the definition of machine learning. Now, machine learning is a is an algorithm where you provide a lot of data to a machine and they learn by themselves. They learn the rules. They learn how to think through that data and produce an output, which is very similar to how humans think. So when we uh, and when we talk about AI, it's any task which humans can do if the same task of thinking can be done by a, uh, another being or another uh, system that is AI. So why is machine learning different or a different definition as compared to AI? AI is a broader spectrum as I uh, mentioned in the previous episode. Yeah. But machine learning is where you provide data, you let machine to learn from the data and come up with their own rules, own definitions and uh, the way to react to that data. Now, there are certain examples uh, when you are using your Google Maps and it tells you uh, how much time will it take to reach a destination or how much congestion is there on the road. If when you uh, look for a recommendation on your Zomato app uh, for which restaurant to go and eat, that is an example of machine learning. Now, what are what is happening behind that is there are different kinds of algorithms. And we'll uh, I'll, I'll classify into the big three categories of algorithms. One is a supervised learning. Now, when we say supervised, it's very similar to when you have a supervisor. When you just start off in a job, a supervisor tells you what to do, what not to do. And if you're doing something correct, it gives you a feedback. Yes, you're doing good. Yeah. No, you're doing, doing bad. So with, with the data set, if you have an answer or somebody to give you a feedback, a supervisor, then you that is a supervised machine learning. Uh, another example is if if a child is learning and every time you tell them bring an apple and you show them that this is an apple, they learn what an apple is. They learn to understand the color of the apple, the shape of the apple, the dimension of an apple, you know, the taste of an apple. So they know what an apple is by looking at various features of that apple. Uh, if you do not tell that child what an apple is, they would never know what an apple is. Yeah, they, you can you can show them an orange and tell them this is an apple and they would believe that is an apple. So if you when you specifically tell them what an apple is and they show them what an apple is and they experience what an apple is, that's how they learn what uh, apple is. So that is an example the same thing you do with the machine. You show them what they are looking for. You tell them that this is an apple and they learn. Next time they see an apple, they would be able to tell you that this is an apple. Uh, 
So this is an example where it learns from data and you provide the right answers to it. There's another category of algorithms which learns from which in which you do not provide it the answer. They learn uh, based on patterns they see. So another uh, one of the examples could be you give them uh, different categories and they have to def define how many categories of different fruits are there. Suppose you give them uh, dimensions of apple, oranges, banana, and kiwi. And they like a lot of examples of different kinds of apple, different bananas, different oranges, and different kiwis. And I'm, I'm probably taking all the fruit examples probably because I'm a bit hungry. <laughs> but suppose uh, like if the, if the machine can classify that these are four different things, it, it won't know that it's in a it, whether it's an apple or an orange or whatever fruit it could be but it can tell you that these are four different data sets which, which you have provided that is an example of unsupervised learning where you again taking the child analogy if you show them four different objects you show them a ball you show them a cat uh, you show them a tree and you show them a house they will be able to tell you that these are different things. These are not the same. And that the child has learned by themselves. They have seen what they look like, what they feel like, and they can tell you that these are not the same things. So that is an example of unsupervised learning where you do not provide it the right answer, but it figures out by themselves. And this is a similar learning happening in a, by a machine. Now, there is another set of algorithms uh, in self-driving cars, which are called as reinforced learning where the where the machine learns about the, its environment and every step they take they learn whether it's a right step or a wrong step in when you are learning let, let's say a human is learning how to play a guitar and when you stuck the chords and you can sound it sounds really well then you know that you're learning something good or if you're playing a computer game and you you are winning and scoring points then you know that you are playing it right and if you die you know you you're not playing it right so, and it's similarly when you when uh, anything which you are doing in real life and you are getting rewarded for it that is the example that you are playing it correctly and if you're getting apprehended for it or you're getting uh, scolded for uh, doing an activity you know it's a wrong activity so that's the same kind of learning happens in a machine it's called reinforcement learning because you get reinforced of doing the right thing or the wrong thing so this algorithm is uh, when you say uh, uh, self-driving cars or you see examples of computer beating humans in in the game of chess or the, in the game of go that the, that kind of learning is called reinforcement learning it's very specific targeted for a specific kind of activity so broadly divided these are the three uh, main categories of algorithms and these are applicable in different scenarios so did you yeah. do you have I, any I, questions I would on like that? To. Oh, of course, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and I don't know where to start. Okay, I just want to know from a layman's point of view, when you say that uh, you are a chef, so we can visualize that you work um, in a large kitchen and with a lot of ingredients, right? Mm -hmm. And when someone say that, um, okay, they're engineers, um, you know, they are a, a structural civil engineer, we can imagine that they are under a bridge, right? a lot of machines and measurements uh, mm -hmm. you know that that's something that is in a visual of understanding okay this is what they do but of course we do not know how they do it we wouldn't know how a chef cooks up the best um, 
for example, the best kind of uh, cheesecake, right? Maybe they just tell you, okay, this is a cheesecake, I'm going to add in respect. If we don't see how a cheesecake is being done, but they verbally saying it, we would just kind of have to use our imagination to think how a cheesecake is being done. But at least we know that it is in a kitchen and we understand what a kitchen looks like. But in this case of uh, machine learning and, 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 and like a data scientist who does something like trying to make a machine learn something like what you say, whatever category, what is the vision that should be in my head that when you say, okay, this is a person who is trying to do a machine and trying to make a machine learn, what should be the vision that comes into my mind? That's a very interesting question. Um, so when a data scientist is training a machine to do a specific task, it's... it's where, where, do I, you I, work? where do you work and how does the working environment look like? Yes, what are the uh, tools you use? Do you use a fork and a knife? And then you've got to break it down to someone like us who are not uh, understanding. I mean, we're talking about the listeners and the viewers who are not the scientists. Now, give us some Absolutely. analogy and I, as in, okay, if you are the chef of this uh, machine learning thing and you need to assemble a team and you need to get like your raw materials, what will these raw materials be? Where would you work and who are these people who will be working with you? I, I really like your analogy of having a chef, so I will just run with the same analogy okay. and I will give you the analogy between a data scientist if they, they were a chef. Yeah. what would be the same ingredients and what how would they come up with the recipe yeah. so uh, imagine a data scientist walks into a, a restaurant and yeah. they are supposed to build an algorithm yeah. for the guests and they are, yeah. that's the final deliverable so as a chef would go out and buy uh, their fruits or their vegetables to make a meal the data scientist would go out and find the right data and that they could mm. they would find the right data uh, through scraping the web or they would uh, buy and get it from the government or they would get it from okay. different data servers mm. right once you get the data then what is the second step a chef does it cleans the uh, the food yeah right you make it ready so that you can prepare some meal out of it with the same thing a data scientist would clean the data so mm. that they can work with the data okay. they would uh, delete some data rows they will make uh, fix some uh, errors in the data so it can be workable Next is the data preparation. Then you chop the food yep. and you make it what to what to add, what not to add. Yep. And you, you sometimes you have to grill uh, certain uh, certain uh, items or you have to, uh, you know, uh, roast it. It's like how fancy you're going to make your meal, right? How if you yep. go to a five star chef, you they would uh, really thinly slice it or they yep. will grind it. Yep. A data scientist would have to do the same thing with the data. They would have to make features out of it so when you uh, clean the data after that you do a step called as feature selection and feature engineering you you modify the data which will give you the best output and the data the, the data scientist knows what they want to prepare like a chef knows and has a vision that this is going to be my final product a data scientist also knows what the final uh, algorithm they want to build or how they it should work uh, so once you start uh, preparing or chef start put some uh, you know uh, th there is a recipe with the chef follows mm. to build a dish yes. and th the similar recipe is mm. an algorithm for mm. a data scientist what algorithm I are they see. going to follow to to build that 
model they are trying to build for different people there will be different recipes for different uh, applications there will be different models right and once you uh, build that model to- together then it has to be tested the, the the finally before you send out that meal out to or plate that meal out you send it to the uh, uh, to the guests you taste it and you will make sure whether the salt is right and it, mm. it looks good it tastes good that's mm. the same thing a data scientist does it uh, tests whether this this mm. algorithm or the final uh, model he has built is working as it's supposed to work he he also cleans it in a way that it it is uh, palatable for the audience like mm. if you try to make it using simple kpis uh if if the data scientist give uh, gives the output which a normal person cannot understand mm. uh that would not be useful like when you use google maps if it is it doesn't show that the distance is getting shorter as you travel or the congestion in the road mm. uh, by by the number of cars you would not understand what the data output is it it is usually not in the form what you see it has to be made to look in a way that you can understand it better Yeah. and uh, finally you send it out and you make sure that the guest likes it similarly the data scientist gets a feedback from the customers whether they like the output or not or there has to be some modifications to it so this is i i really like the analogy of a data scientist as a chef and something i think i am a chef while i'm working on a model to give a output it's very very similar okay and before you dive further into machine learning some of the words that you use I would like to ask you to clarify what do you mean by modeling? I know now right now a modeling is a very it's like simulation, right? It's a it's a big broad word. Um algorithm is also a big broad yeah. word. Okay, it, it just means like formula. Okay. Right. Um like for example now we know that in the in the pandemic, you know the epidemiologists and the virologists they have to come up with a model. Right, mm-hmm. they got to come up with a model with collecting a lot of data uh, mm-hmm. to predict the path and the trajectory uh, of the virus, the number of cases, where it's going to go. There's there is the contingency of uh, outcome, uh, most likely uh, or least likely outcome. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Tell us, like, in in your world of a modeling, how does it look like uh, in the line of your work that you do? That's a, that's a really good question, and I didn't. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I wasn't very clear what the definition is because when you know something, it's it it has a clear definition in your head, but you have to make sure the other person also understands. Just paint so, a picture. Just paint yes, the picture. Uh, I would I um uh, I would rather ask you a question about models. Yeah. So like, uh, who are your role models uh, in life? Oh uh, well, um, I would say that not who, but I would say that what kind of. Uh, uh, textbook yeah. that I'm following yeah. in my it, of course it's for me. I'm a Christian. I'm trying to follow the Bible as my role mm-hmm. model. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, what do you uh, like reading the Bible? There are some learnings which you want to apply in your life, and there are certain mm. uh, teachings that you want to follow, and you want to be that kind of person who does mm. uh, live by the rule. So yeah. can you tell me some of these examples where you are. changed by the learnings from the bible changed okay number one is um uh i would say when you say the word change it means that you must have applied it and some yeah, of the and results were before something. application yeah. and after application was different right 
that is the meaning of absolutely. change, right? You know, some people yeah, uh, read and they read, but they never change. No, absolutely, or um, something that you try to yeah, live by okay. every day based on yeah. the. the, the uh, uh, I think one of the actions, okay, the Bible says that you need to read uh, the Bible on a daily basis. Okay, even though it's always been in the Bible, but not many people practice it. Uh, even about just reading the action before, not reading it after. Reading it and practicing it daily—that practicing part of it—it's a change. Okay, so I've seen mm-hmm. that change, and it's a, it's a it's a clear instruction, and you must have mm-hmm. seen the change. And if you apply it and you do it, so that's my first change. Okay, mm-hmm. within some of the words uh, that have uh, applied, and you see the result of before and after, which results in a change, uh, would be. I would say that something that's more non-measurable, intangible. I think it's a change of your heart. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, to follow some of the things that some of the choices in your life, some of the decisions that you make in your life that you have to apply through uh, the level of righteousness that is being said uh, uh, in the word of the Bible. So that would be the change in decisions or the refinement of the decisions that you make. Okay. So that would te- that would that would uh, something that I can tell you. The Bible mm-hmm. says that your actions and your results must show that it's righteous. So therefore, Absolutely. the change is when you make a decision before. Probably you don't think about the uh, morality of it from the mm-hmm. from the eyes of a Bible, but now mm-hmm. you see it through the eyes of a Bible and you apply the standards to make a decision. Mm-hmm. So that would be two things, right? One is a change right. in your life is your lifestyle change, and I'm using a very small mm-hmm. thing, like you reading the Bible. It's a lifestyle change. Seven is mm-hmm. a decision making factors. So you make mm-hmm. the decisions uh, differently. Um, thirdly, I would think that it's it's something that is intangible. Is um, communication, for example, uh, many many things, but I would detail it as a third point. In the Bible, it says that your word and your mouth is most powerful. You are given all these senses: your eyes, your nose, your ear, sense of touch. But only your mouth is the one that gives out food, right? The rest are all mm-hmm. passive. You are taking it, you are watching it, you are listening, mm-hmm. you are smelling it, you are touching it. But it is only the mouth is output. Therefore, the mouth is powerful, and therefore podcasts are powerful because it is the word that goes out. And that, and the Bible says that whatever thing that you say. Your conversations, let it be encouraging, edifying, and righteous. So before, mm-hmm. maybe there wasn't such an instruction, but after, you apply it, and that should be such an instruction in conversations. So three. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a brilliant point, and I would love to make an analogy between uh, the learnings from Bible and what we do in data science uh, or the models <laughs> we build. So. Uh, and I, I love the specific choice of words you use there. You, you use decision making. You use consistency. You use the, uh, you know, uh, following, uh, following or having standards uh, set by Bible. So this is a similar exercise which you do with modeling. You every model has a purpose and it is to take better decisions. Uh, your life is guided by your decisions, and the data is just a way to make better decisions. You you know that there are two kinds of people. One is uh, one one who make um, 
irrational decisions from very instinct maybe it's fed into them and they make an instinct and somebody would be would do their analysis they would uh, weigh out the pros and cons and make a decision when you have more data or more data points you can make better decisions but because you can compare more things and it's if you can compare way more things which uh, like uh, just uh, as compared to humans a com- uh, mon- uh, or a computer or a machine can compute way more things as compared to a human so that's why you use a lot more data to make better decisions and that's what modeling does essentially it takes in some standards that are set by humans and these algorithms are basically some rules like bible give you some rules to live by these algorithms gives you some inherent rules which has to be followed to give you the right kind of output which is which will help you to make a decision for example if i make a, a simple model to differentiate between apple and a, uh, a banana right my model would be a set of rules that if the size is uh, or the shape is uh, circular more circular than uh, like a cylindrical or uh, and my color is red as compared to yellow it should be a apple these are some rules mm. defined by a model and that's what model is essentially it is a set of rules or it could be a set of guidelines which is which the which the machine learns by itself by looking at the data once you look at the data you distinguish and you are underst- you understand what uh, apple looks like but it it is not a very like you you do not see it in action but you you know like if okay just to differentiate uh, I'll, i'll do a simple example uh, humans if, if you have to ask a human a, a person i will only give you heights and can you tell me which is a tall or a short person if i give you 160 cm 170 cm 150 cm 130 cm so if you have to classify these four people in in centimeter by height into two categories how would you classify them as short and tall mm. you would put so you 130 must have a line you must have line that cuts it off absolutely so you would put 130 and 150 in a short category and 160 170 in the tall category and this you can do it in your head and that's what a computer is trying to mimic it is able to decide a boundary and on the left side of it they'll be short and the right side of it would be tall and that is a rule that has it has figured out by itself by looking at the data and based on some guidelines so that's what uh, modeling is um, another example is when you have role models in your life or you have people whom you learn from and you try to model their behavior because you really like how they make decisions they they are successful why we say that we have good role models because they su- they are successful people who make good decisions and then you try to adapt some of their behaviors in your life so that you can also make successful decisions and that's why you read books a lot of time to learn what people good people have done what jesus christ has done we want to be like jesus christ we want to be uh, giving we want to be nourishing uh, we want to be caring and these are some good values that jesus had and we want to adapt these values uh, and that's why we you know follow stuff so that so is can i can i say that in 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 the world of uh, the non trained person like myself a model is like the very okay, i would say that in my world morning means i go to the excel sheet or the excel 
So inside there's a lot of formula, right? You want mm-hmm. the Excel or the Excel to come up with a particular outcome at the end of all these things that you actually put inside. And that that can I say that that is actually a little bit of very basic modeling you're you're talking about. Yes, uh, it depends on what you want to do with that model. Um, uh, okay, it's... maybe I I I I think let let me reframe that question. Um, can modeling exist like an Excel sheet or an Excel sheet? Yeah, definitely. I uh, one of the first model I built or worked on was on Excel. It was mm. a simple linear reg- regression. Uh, if you like, it's a it's a very simple formula which tells you yes or sorry, my begging your pardon. Um, it tells you big or small, uh, greater mm. or shorter. How much if you have uh, x? A simple line is also a model, by the way. Mm. If you know how uh, one things increase on the dependency on the other thing, like if. How many ice cream are sold based on the mm. temperature in a day? If yeah. you just have the temperature, if you can predict how many ice creams are sold, that itself is a model. I see. Right? Okay. So that so, means, uh, in my mind, like uh, a modeling is something like uh, in your world. What does a model look like? For example, in my world, a modeling would look like the Excel sheet and the Excel sheet, which I totally hate because I I can't handle small small numbers like this. You know, yeah, I rather leave my husband to do it. So, but in your world, it's more like what we watch in the movies, right? It's like the Minority Report. If you watch Tom Cruise, it's all these numbers as running. It's all these numbers as running, and and they are blue and they are white and they are just they are just crawling all over. And, and numbers is is it's just in the sky and all this. Is it like that? Is this like that? That kind of movie Hollywood look. <laughs> Uh, so the movies uh, definitely dramatized uh, the normal situation. Uh, in my life, it, when I build a model, it could be as simple as building a, a simple formula on Excel, or it could be a make more complicated model, uh, which is mm. when a data which uses more way more features and a much more advanced algorithm. Uh, but yeah, I haven't uh, built a mil- algorithm like Minority Minority Report where <laughs> the numbers are flowing in my head, luckily so far. But yeah, yeah it, the complexity depends on the kind of problem you're solving. Okay, can you tell us what else you would like to share with us about machine learning before I ask so, you more questions? <laughs> so this uh, machine learning is a really interesting area. Uh, to be honest, I am I'm not biased. Probably I'm a bit biased because I'm I work into it. But there are so many interesting problems that are being worked on um, daily, and there are still so much things to explore in, in machine learning. It's uh, if you like problem solving, if you like to make connections, if you like to make some real world impact. I think data science, machine learning is definitely the place to be, to uh, you know, mm. see the unseen and make drastic changes in the world. Mm. Uh, I think one of the in the recent times, the biggest changes which have come have come because of machine learning and artificial intelligence and cloud. A lot of things working together, but the it's been the the way google track us or like the, the facebook is able to decide who is a friend or not or who can be a friend or not or tag oh, ourselves okay. on a photo it's all because of machine learning so I it's see. it's a great uh, great change okay. in, in human civilization uh, finally coming to the two areas which i want to uh, or the application area which i want to talk a lot uh, more uh, in finance would be fraud detection that's where i work how to catch criminals using data 
and how to make credit decisions uh, how much loan is to be given to someone so these two areas are really interesting um, and they directly have impact on everyday life yeah everybody is very sensitive about uh, how much loan they can get some people can get more loan some people cannot get more loan and finance is definitely a big part of everyone's life so uh, credit decisioning depends on a lot of factors um, how rich you are how much wealth you have if you have securities or not uh, so making this decision based on uh, simple data is not sufficient like you have to look at a lot of data sets if you have to find the worth of a person or how credit worthy they are and they will will they pay us back that is a big channel challenge and a lot of companies are working in this area a lot of banks are interested in how much money is to be given the the idea the, the chinese idea of uh, social credit is completely dependent on uh, the credit modeling system how much worthy is a person to 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 get a loan so that is uh, that definitely has big uh, impact how if you behave well if you pay your taxes on time if you pay pay your credit card on time you get a better fico score you get a better credit score and then you can get loan at a cheaper interest rate as compared to a person who is not able to pay the loan back that that makes a lot of difference financially uh second area is the fraud detection if you see people um, stealing someone's credit card or uh doing such suspicious activities um online buying at unpredicted times mm. and from random places and not following the standard behavior you can you can figure out that it's not the person making up suddenly tomorrow you go and try to buy a very big yacht or a bus from your money that is not wiki's behavior so there might be someone else who's be using your card so that's that's where you have to figure out uh, if somebody is trying to steal your identity mm. steal your money from your bank account and can we stop them okay so the so machine uh, should say the owner of this data is like a bank or this uh, yes find find things act and then if there's some abnormal activity it can detect because it was just in your rules you have actually listed down these are the normal behavior and these are the behavior that is not normal right you set in certain kind of rules right Remember so, um, it's a bit more complicated than that. Like normal <laughs> for you would be different to someone else. My behavior, how I spend mm. my money, would be different mm. as how you spend your money. Mm. So I have yeah. to understand. So complex. Yeah. yeah, and a person cannot check all the transactions you are making individually. Uh, I can like there can't be a person assigned to check all the payments you are making every day. Mm. So that's and you have for a bank or a financial institution they have to. process so many transactions at the same time that is not possible for a human to monitor and uh, check all the transactions yeah. so you build a, a model which can look at your usual paying behavior mm-hmm. and if something goes off that behavior that is a anomaly that is a yeah. difference and that has to be pointed out and notified and then somebody looks at it and make sure whether it's a right behavior or not And that's why sometimes we have this SMS that triggers like, "Did you make this payment?" So that was actually <laughs> triggered by a machine learning. Okay, is there right. another, another and real life uh, application example you want to show, uh, explain to us? Um, But I, I was thinking that you are you you made a lot of things that we can relate to. Like for example, you say the Facebook 
it pushes you the people that they think that you may like to be friends with. Yes, uh, I, I think like every, videos, every right the YouTube videos they thought that you may like, right? But tell us how 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 is that principle behind that machine thinking? Okay, that is a very interesting idea. It's called as a collaborative filter. Uh, and what happens in that is uh, there are you have a preferences to certain songs let's take an mm. example of you are using youtube and you like certain songs and mm. aren't you surprised that it it is so good that you, it can predict the next song you want to listen to yeah. and the next song you want to like yeah or the next video Whatever. that comes up is something yes. that you wanted it's like you you would not leave uh, youtube you can spend the whole day because yeah. the next video is always very interesting yeah. Yeah. How does it know that you will like the next video? Mm. That is the question, right? So you have a you're a specific type of person who likes specific things. Mm. Yeah. And how uh, there'll be certain other people mm. who are very who, who are like you, and if they yeah. watch this video, they would also watch that next video. The next video they would go to would be this one. I so see. it learns your behavior. And it matches your behavior to a person who has a very similar behavior as yours, I and see. it recommends you the video that person has or a group of people have liked. So that okay. is a collaborative filter. And if you go and you, whenever you rate something on YouTube or like something on video, uh, YouTube, that learns the algorithm that you mm. like this video, and you, they have to recommend the next person this video. Mm, okay. So that is what happening internally. Yeah. It's, so it's there's, very, there's, there could be two things, right? One is you are saying that it's like a collaborative learning, right? It yes. takes all this data of all these people, then it predict you. If they put you in that category, you are saying that there are many yes. categories. They put you into this category, so yes. they will use that all this data to predict your next behavior. Okay. Yes. And also uh, another one is absolute, right? Because they know that you have always been searching these words. So they mm. like what you say the thumbs up. Then yep. they always push whatever thing that's related to this thumbs up video that you have mm. liked to Absolutely. push it to you, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and it's saying that the uh, Facebook, Google, they know more about you than you you know yeah. about yourself, and it's it's true in a lot of cases because they they have seen so many people like you. Mm. At different stages of their life, that they know what your behavior is going to be tomorrow or the day after. And whether you're going to be a millionaire or not. <laughs> I don't know whether they can tell you that or not. I, but this is a very uh, interesting study which happened yeah. in Target US. Uh, yeah. There was a there was a young girl who yeah. started receiving uh, newsletters yeah. of for children, uh, like uh, with the children nappies and children diapers and. Stuff like that. And since she was a teenager, mm. and her dad got really angry that why are you? He went to Target and fought about it. Why are you sending my uh, teenage daughter these pamphlets of uh, children? Mm. Do you want her to get pregnant? And like, do you, why yeah. are you supporting that kind of behavior? Yeah. Uh, and uh, then the, the Target manager got. Uh, he was like, I, I apologize. We won't be sending this. I am not sure. This is automated and this is sent by a machine. We do not control it, but yeah. we'll try to change something. He went back home. He had a talk to his daughter, and he found that his her, her doctor uh, his daughter was having an affair, and she was actually pregnant. And she didn't know that she was pregnant. <laughs> the, the father didn't know they were pregnant, but they tested, and they she got they got to know that it was tested. So how did the machine know that she was pregnant even before she knew he was pregnant? Yeah. Because her shopping behavior, what she was buying, the the food she was buying, indicated what was very similar to other pregnant ladies who oh. buy similar things. Oh. 
Wow, so, that's huge, my God, that's huge. That's almost like a litmus test without you knowing, yes. right? Yes, so the that's why the machines know way more uh, than what you know. So there's a another very interesting study that the if the dad goes to the hospital uh, to the to the shopping center to buy diapers, they will buy beer. So it's a it's a strange correlation. You will never think about it, but diapers and because beer. these yeah so there is a very strong correlation if you buy mm. diapers then you would be buying beer because the dad who are frustrated they, they, they need like, a break <laughs> they need a break and it's it's there are so many interesting studies yeah yeah good you know i hope that you can come up with uh, and educate us on some of these things that you learn and you know this makes our uh, February series very interesting because it's so applicable and it's something that we will never read on or touch on uh, but you know coming from you you've got so much things to share which is so relevant in our lives especially I, I myself am so intrigued about research like this um, you know is there anything you want to share in the next 30 seconds to wrap up this topic about machine learning before you come back again for the next episode so there are so many application areas. I, it's, it won't oh, be possible I would love for to me hear to cover them. it all. I'm, I'm really excited because <laughs> you're talking about things that is like it's such it's so mind blowing. It uh, yeah, I mean it. It sounds uh, magical uh, almost. That's it sounds uh, like you talk about uh, future future tellers and you know uh, people who can tell the future and stuff like that. Mm. It's happening. We don't mm. know about it. It's happening in a different scale. The, the, the mm. hedge funds are probably the ones yeah. who have everybody's data and they can make prediction about the future. Yeah. You know about economists who make prediction yeah. about how the economy of the government is going to work. Everything at the end of it, there is some models mm. which predicts how it's going to play out in the future it's a very educated guest based on data uh, but yeah it's uh, it's all what we know uh, we are trying to predict the future based on that but things can change uh, that's what life is uh, and there yeah. is always uncertainty in our, in our data set yeah. so we have to rely on it but yeah. it cannot be our absolute truth but yet yeah, could be very much close to the truth yeah. at a lot of times yeah so can i also wrap up uh by saying this so like someone like you stars a data scientist that means you can because it's a tool that you know it's a technique it's a skill you know, um, mm. it is something that is already uh you are so good at the skill that means you are able to go into any organization for example you can go to uh the economist's office and then you can do this modeling that is going to predict um, the economy, jobs, etc. And you can go to the bank, like what you're doing now, to predict about like credit. And you can go to, um, I don't know, maybe a huge organization um, like a doctor's office, right? Yep. To, pre to predict, to do uh, modeling, uh, to come up with graphs, uh, to work with biologists and epidemiologists about tracking the the trajectory of uh, the virus uh, etc uh, that means am i right to say that am i right to say that uh yes it has application in a lot of areas uh, but there are experts in every uh, domains you need mm. domain expertise to know what is happening and then you can build your model the more you know about the domain mm. how hospital works how diseases work the better models you can make in that domain okay so that's why people have expertise and that's why people do PhDs in that so that they understand what's happening in that specific area but it's a very useful skill set mm. no matter where you go you can yeah. apply it uh, but 
it takes still years to master a domain and year to master a specific area so but it's a it's a, again it's a very uh, yeah. it's an amazing tool that we have which yeah. can be uh, which can be applied anywhere wow which which is actually a whole new world of door opening and window opening for for a lot lot of us that we have not seen what this uh, fourth industrialization is right we are now slowly opening up uh, raising the curtain to see what's behind the curtain thank you so much sir i would like to invite you um, again for the next um, uh, talk and uh, without further ado um, i would like to say goodbye and also invite you all right uh, for the next talk okay bye for now thank you